unique yet common sense opinions on sports. This is Jeff Allen Sports Talk. And welcome once again to the podcast. And tonight we will begin the first of our series of looking back at the early days of the Orlando Magic. They are in season 30. And one of Orlando Radio's great broadcasters will join me for a conversation about that. In the meantime, got a few things I want to cover from previous days. Derrick Henry, a big 99-yard touchdown run in the Titans' victory last Thursday. And that, of course, ties the all-time record held by Tony Dorsett of the Dallas Cowboys. And always fun to recall that Dorsett run. Uh, That was back in the early 80s, 81 or 82, I believe. It was on a Monday night. And the great part about that was Dallas only had 10 minutes on the field. Dorsett was not even supposed to get the ball. Ron Springs, the fullback, had left the field. He was supposed to like do a, like a fullback dive. And then right before the play, Howard Cosell, you know, the Cowboys were struggling, and he blurts out, well, the Cowboys think they can turn it on any time they want to. Dorsett breaks the run, and Dandy Don Meredith, as only Dandy Don could do, says, maybe they can, Howard, maybe they can. That's always one of my fun highlights. So Derrick Henry getting that record in the record books, one that will never be broken unless they make the field bigger in the National Football League. The Amari Cooper trade working out quite well for the Dallas Cowboys. His numbers have been spectacular, and none bigger than his 200-yard-plus catching performance, three touchdowns, and just helping the Cowboys in all sorts of ways, beating the Philadelphia Eagles and taking a stranglehold of the NFC East. Some college notes to look at. So SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey kind of got the dander of UCF up again, and he just says, you know, they should look inward, talking about their scheduling. So it's always what the Power Five does is go back to that strength of schedule business. And obviously, yeah, they're just going to pick up the phone and, and get those games. That's just going to happen just like that. No, not so fast. You know, the the interesting aspect of Florida's athletic director now offering, hey, you know, we'll play UCF, but they want to do a two-for-one. Danny White's response, the AD for UCF, is, well, you know, we're a top-ten program. We don't do two-for-ones. And starts to lend a little more credence to the did UF manage to duck UCF in the Peach Bowl? We'll see. And then, of course, your your favorite and mine, Paul Feinbaum of the SEC Network, added again, UCF should just be content to be in a New Year's Day Bowl. No. Why should UCF have to settle for the status quo because they haven't been around for 100 years or in a Power 5 conference for eons and eons? Mr. Feinbaum, by your logic, we should still be watching black and white TV. And, you know, maybe, Mr. Feinbaum, you should have just been happy being a newspaper writer in Birmingham instead of aspiring to be a big-time national TV talk show host. Kyler Murray wins the Heisman Trophy, the Oklahoma quarterback. And then, of course, some interesting old tweets resurface uh, from I believe six, seven years ago, uh, homophobic type tweets. And unfortunately, it's, yeah, he should not have done those. The aspect of these folks that 
that go back and look at these things and hold on to them until somebody hits the pinnacle of something. Oh, let's get those tweets out there now and let's bring them down. That's almost as shady as, I don't know, I just don't like that aspect of it. Uh, if you got the if you got the dirt on a guy, bring it out when you find it. Now, don't don't just wait. I know they're doing it to capitalize on the situation, but it just comes off kind of filthy. HBO is now out of the boxing business after 45 years. Jim Lampley, a huge part of that for over 30 years. Those of a certain age <clears throat> know that he started as a college sideline reporter. I believe while he was still in college for ABC. And then went on to a terrific career with both HBO, also doing some Olympics for both ABC and NBC. So uh, uh, Jim Lampley uh, has been a tremendous broadcaster, one of those guys uh, I like. He says what he thinks, and even though boxing has been a big pinnacle of what what has happened in his career, he's not afraid to call them out when they need to be called out. And now as we start our series celebrating 30 years of Orlando Magic basketball, we have several guests over the course of the next few weeks. We'll have them on to talk about the early days of the franchise and what a special time it was in our city. And our very first guest on this topic is an Orlando radio legend. Many years, the co-host of the immensely popular Scott and Erica Morning Show on Mix 105.1 and now the host of Erica Lee's podcast. So that would mean by default, I would be introducing Erica Lee. Erica, thanks for joining us today. (laughs) Thanks so much for having me. Great. Well, one of the main reasons I wanted to have Erica on the show is that, you know, during the early 90s, uh, when I was at WGTO, I got to sit next to Erica on the press road that was on the baseline side. So we got to see a lot of magic action uh, together. And Erica, is there like one memory of those early days that stands out more than, than most? Um, I would have to say the All-Star Game in 1992. That was such a special time for Orlando, for the Magic, you know, just to, to showcase what we had going on in our beautiful city. Yeah, and that was amazing, of course. And that was also at the, at the point when uh, Magic Johnson had announced he had HIV and had not played during that season. And they, and they brought him into the All-Star Game, and he lit it up. Yeah. Yeah, and I had somehow gotten this idea uh, because at the time the NBA was on NBC and I thought, well, the All-Star game is coming to Orlando. I wonder if there's some way that I can finagle an interview with Bob Costas. Ah. So I put in, I put in a press request uh, to do a, a short interview with Bob Costas. I was doing a public affairs show at the time for Mixed called Central Florida Focus, you know, those shows that air at 6 a.m. on a Sunday morning yes. uh, to fulfill the co- <laughs> fulfilling the commitment to your license, that yes. sort of thing. Yes. And so I was shocked beyond measure when I got a notice back from NBC that 
Bob Costas had agreed to a sit-down interview. And so we went into uh, the bowels of the arena, into uh, an office off one of the locker rooms. And he sat there and chatted with me for 20 minutes to a half hour about everything and anything. It, It was some basketball, some sports, some baseball, general, you know, Bob's an all-around guy, and it was just the most wonderful experience to sit there, you know, a foot across from someone I had admired so greatly. Yeah, no doubt, and he certainly has plenty to talk about, so that, that I said, I did not know that. That was a very interesting uh, fact uh, from that day. Um, <laughs> so, so, there's a couple of things that, I, that stand out to me. And, uh, and I, I think you would also tend to agree. One would be, I can still recall how loud the arena used to be. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was amazing. And there, I, I differentiate between um, the year that we sat on the baseline and then when Shaq came and yes. they moved radio up to the concourse level. Yes. And only let, only let the special people sit downstairs <laughs> although i do remember i do remember one time Shaq coming towards the baseline but i think before that move happened and fearing for my life yeah <laughs> yeah it, it, it's one thing to to see these guys on tv but to see them in person i remember um coming out from the visitor's side at the same time patrick ewing was leaving the next locker room and he bent down to tie his shoe, and I thought, bent in half, he's still taller than I am. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is incredible. Yes, you do, and you do see, and you also don't realize how physical the game really is. And I think it probably is even much more now that these large human beings would just collide into each other, and, and, and you would just be amazed by it. Yeah. Yeah, unlike football, where they're all padded up, Basically, basketball, they're just playing in their underwear. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, yeah, so so back in that day before the Magic got Shaq, uh, you know, did you feel like it was going, the NBA was going to be successful and be long-term in Orlando? Uh, Yeah, because there, there was just so much promise and, uh, even though uh, the DeVos family had not purchased the team at that point, right? I'm, I'm trying to remember the year that yeah. uh, the team changed hands. Yes, before uh, DuPont sold it, uh, sold it to the DeVos family, yes. But, yeah, I mean, just being around Pat Williams, uh, there was nothing but optimism, right? Yeah, the Carnival Barker at, at, at his best, yes. <laughs> Always a joke, always a great story. Uh, That's one of a kind. I had a chance to interview him uh, the last time I was doing radio when I was doing uh, a morning show at uh, Smooth Jazz, and we invited all kinds of Orlando luminaries to come do the show. And uh, it was funny. Pat Williams accidentally went to Nick's because he went to find me in the last (laughs) place he saw me. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it was it was a, one of those interviews with Pat where you just ask a question and 
I'll talk for the rest of the time. It's, it's just really, if you want to take a day off from doing your show, just have uh, somebody like Pat Williams on. <laughs> yeah, and, and Pat would have his own radio show, and he was such a dynamic interviewer, uh, and he did them on several stations, including at WGTO when I was there. And yeah, the, the, the man could, you know, I don't know how he found time with all his kids to read the many, many books that he read. Uh, but uh, Pat Williams certainly the the, key, the linchpin of why Orlando Magic basketball exists today. Yeah, not just the books he read, the books he wrote. True. Yes. <laughs> True. Yeah. Scott and I used to joke when he would come up and sit in the studio with us that uh, that he wrote a book in the elevator on the way up to see us. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, one of my favorite Pat Williams. <laughs> One of my favorite Pat Williams stories is that, uh, you know, back in the uh, early days, they would, all, uh, you know, do all sorts of little things. And they invited Dick Vitale up to, uh, to, to speak uh, for an engagement. And I remember Dick Vitale talking about Pat Williams and, and Dick said, hey, Pat, you're a wonderful guy. And, and, uh, and, and uh, I look at your beautiful wife and boy, baby, you overachieved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That sounds like him. <laughs> yes, yes. And then it was funny to interview Vital afterwards when he would actually speak in a normal voice and not the one he puts out on television. Because not many people know he doesn't speak like that all the time. So that was always kind of, yeah. <laughs> that was always kind of interesting. Um, so he's a, a, di a diaper dandy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right, um, Erica. <laughs> What what would you say? Who was your favorite Magic player back in the early days of the franchise? Um, probably Jeff Turner. Okay, because he, he would. It, it was just always amazing that he would check in and immediately get a foul, <laughs> and it was kind of like yeah. <laughs> It's like they issued him one at the table as he was checking in. <laughs> nice. <Yeah. laughs> And he, but and you know, there's, yeah, I mean, but the the originals, the you know, Nick Anderson and Dennis Scott, and you know, then the Anthony Bowies, and you know, there were so many fun players that were part of the early days. Yes, and it was always fun to watch him play. Of course, you know, Jeff Turner had that nice uh, silky baseline jumper, so he he would contribute offensively. Um, and, mm -hmm. and and then yeah, you mentioned uh, an Anthony Bowie, but, and we always seem to find these guys. Of course, you know, the original team was built on players that were no longer wanted by their teams, and they had a certain attitude that they brought to brought to the floor uh, each and every night. Oh yeah, the Terry Catledges of the world. Yes, yes, the Catman. And Jerry Ice Reynolds <laughs> would be another one uh, that, that would come to mind, oh, yeah. no doubt. Um, and then, of course, you know, once, you know, they drafted well, as you said, with Dennis Scott and Nick Anderson, and then the ping pong balls broke uh, for consecutive years, and Shaq and Penny came, and everything went upward from there. Uh, did you see that 30 for 30 about yes. Shaq and Penny? Yes, I did. That was a tremendous show. What was your what was what what yeah. takeaway did you come away from that from that program? Um, I, you know, I think they both have some regret about the way things went down. It seemed like you know Shaq understood that he was really damaging his legacy partly at the time, and you know whether whether it was over a poll in the Orlando Sentinel or just wanting bigger fish to fry. 
um, he and Penny really had something that was magical. Yeah, to say the least. And you know what my takeaway from that show was? After seeing all the highlights, you really forget how great a player Penny Hardaway was. Had he not been robbed of his skill by injury, I mean, he would just do things on the court that you, your, law, your jaw would literally drop. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it was, like you said, it was a magical time. No pun intended. But. None, none, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so, Eric, I know, I know you're a big sports fan. Do you still follow the magic with the same fervor today? Um, actually, no. I kind of had a – I've taken a break since the whole um, Stan Van Gundy, Dwight Howard thing. Yes. So it's been a few years. I really fault the organization – for the way they handled the whole thing, kowtowing to Dwight Howard, firing Stan Van Gundy for Dwight Howard, who ended up leaving, letting Dwight Howard jerk the franchise around for several years. And as it turns out, the second Dwight Howard left the Magic, his career has gone down the tubes, and I've enjoyed every second of that. <laughs> <laughs> Does that make me sound vindictive and petty? You Sorry. know, I think I think you, <laughs> I think you really need to need to you know not hold back so much on Dwight. <laughs> yeah. Well, but you know, I, I he couldn't have done it in a vacuum. No. The franchise mm -hmm. participated in that, and ever since then, the Magic have not recovered. And I don't think I've watched an entire Magic game since then. Well, as somebody who does a sports podcast, I probably shouldn't admit it, but I very rarely watch them as well. I mean, I follow them uh, just from a casual standpoint, but uh, it, it's, it's hard to get into it. It really is. Yeah, it's not like I don't watch the NBA. I watch a lot of NBA, just mm -hmm. not the Magic. Yeah, and, and I think the, the community probably in, in a lot of ways probably feels the same way you do. Yeah, um, I did go to a game. I take that back. A friend of mine um, had split a set of season tickets. This was probably about five years ago. Um, and she had an extra ticket and asked me to go, and it was free. And so I, I more went to see the Amway, the new Amway Arena, than to actually see the Magic. It was my first time in the building. And so I was impressed with the building. <laughs> 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 and I've since seen uh, I've since seen several concerts there, but have not been back for another Magic game. Yeah. So, Erica, you uh, of course have your own podcast. Uh, tell the tell tell my folks uh, about your podcast. Well, I just started a couple of months ago. I bought the home setup and thought, what the heck, you know? Um, basically, what I'm doing is my own little radio shows. Uh, the highest compliment I've gotten is, you know. Well, it sounds just like the radio, yeah. which is kind of what I'm doing. But I'm doing a bunch of different things. I'm doing uh, a Yacht Rock series, which um, for folks not familiar with what the term Yacht Rock is, basically it's the smooth rock of the 70s and 80s, your, your, Loggin, your Kenny Loggins, your Boz Skaggs, Hall & Oates, Chicago, uh, Pablo Cruz, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And then I'm, I'm doing one called Forgotten Hits, which are all top 20 hits 
that were on the charts for, you know, at least three months that nobody plays anymore because that was one of the problems with radio consolidating to a handful of corporations that somebody in a room somewhere decided these are the only oldies you're allowed to hear. Mm -hmm. And, and they're missing thousands of songs that were big hits, but you just don't hear them anymore. So I unearthed forgotten hits. And uh, the other thing I'm doing is just any theme that happens to strike my fancy. Okay. Um, the, the one I just posted yesterday was uh, the Power Ballad show, where I just kind of explore the history of the Power Ballad. I've done uh, the solo hits of Don Henley and Glenn Fry. I did one uh, that I played my favorite stick songs. Uh, did one devoted to Sting, did uh, the ladies of R&B, and then the men of R&B. So just, you know, whatever I fancy, I just do because <laughs> I can. Yes, there you go. <laughs> it's, That's like, a... it's like being my own program director and music director all at once. Yes, that is the greatest thing about doing a podcast is you only get to answer to yourself, and that's a beautiful thing. <laughs> Isn't it, though? <laughs> no, no doubt about it. So, now, actually, you know, and you've probably already thought of this, but, you know, if you ever do a, a theme on, on old arena uh, uh, anthems, I'd be happy to contribute oh, to the playlist. <laughs> you know, I can't touch this. And, uh, <laughs> YMCA. Rock and Roll Part 2. Yeah. Oh, oh, yes. 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 And why was Rock and Roll Part 2 so much better than Rock and Roll Part 1? You know, that's a question I've always had. <laughs> I think he started with two. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Works backwards, I guess. <laughs> but, um, yeah, if anybody's interested, um, you can find my podcast on Podomatic. It's uh, ericaleepodcast.podomatic.com or um, they're also available on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. And if you're an Android user, Google Play Music, you can find them there. So oh, just yes. pop Erica Lee in there. It's uh, Erica with a C and L-E-E. -E. And, <laughs> and we can also follow you on Twitter at? At Erica Lee Radio. <laughs> beautiful beautiful and uh i tell you what uh one of the, my favorite highlight you know now i can say i've done a radio or or well or at least a show i'm i'm talking about radio but i'm doing a podcast but now at least i can now scratch off on my bucket list i've done a show with erica lee so that's a great highlight for me <laughs> and of course oh, <laughs> and of course uh you know what what you know what we miss is that infectious laugh of yours on the radio every day that's uh that is, is certainly the great to have been able to hear this again. Yeah, well, <laughs> um, having a partner like Scott for 20 years, it was really uh, the kind of magic that only happens once in a lifetime, I think. No doubt about it. And you guys definitely had a had a tremendous uh, radio program. Erica, thank you so much. It was a, a delight having you on, on Jeff Allen Sports Talk. And uh, we will hope to do it again someday. And... Uh, Again, thanks for your time. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks. Have a great day. Really enjoyed that conversation with Erica Lee. And uh, I do subscribe to her podcast on iTunes. Uh, definitely you want to uh, check out uh, when you get a chance. One final thought before we close the proceedings today. 
The Miami Dolphins for the last couple of weeks have worn the old throwbacks. And I love that classic look. And you don't have to be a Dolphins fan to appreciate that. The old logo, the the real aqua jerseys. They even painted the end zones uh, like they did in the old days. The things they've been trotting out as their uniform over the last, in only making slight alterations, have really been kind of bland and blah. So the Dolphins should definitely go back to the classic look. And with that, we are done here. Thanks for listening to Jeff Allen Sports Talk. Follow Jeff on Twitter at Jeff Allen underscore 88, on Facebook at Jeff Allen 88, and the website JeffAllenSportsTalk.com. And you can reach out to the show anytime by email, JeffAllenSportsTalk at gmail.com. Jeff Allen Sports Talk is brought to you exclusively by Kramer's Salve for Dogs. I want to take a moment to tell you about the inspiration for Kramer Salve for Dogs. I found Kramer as a small pup when we were living in Knoxville as I was taking our dog Precious out in the middle of a cold rainy night. We had heard a dog barking and whining thinking somebody had left him out on a balcony. No one came forth to claim him so he joined our family. Kramer struggled mightily with skin allergies. My wife Joy tried all sorts of ointments and medications and other than some temporary relief here and there, nothing was really helping him. Then she came to remember that people have used neem for its healing properties and after two years of intensive research, created the best solution of its kind, not just for Kramer, but for dogs everywhere. Kramer Salve is a safe and natural approach to help your best friend live an itch-free life. A four-ounce, six-month supply, including shipping, is just $30. Or a two-ounce, three-month supply, including shipping, is just $20. Your pet is family and deserves the best. Help your dog end the itch and hotspot cycle by ordering online today at kramersalve.net that's k-r-a-m-e-r-s-a-l-v-e dot net